Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. We still got our great lineup coming up, so keep it right here. We'll be talking to Steve Forbes, Senator Alphonse D'Amato. Now we have on the line for us John DeVito. He began serving as a special agent in charge of the New York Field Division of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, a.k.a. the ATF. Uh, agent uh, DeVito, what is going on? We're seeing this proliferation of guns on the streets here of New York City, despite us having some of the strictest gun laws on the books. Explain to us, the American people, what's going on. Well, bottom line, we have a lot of guns in circulation. You know, over 500 million that have been produced since 1984 and another 18 to 20 million added to the economy every single year. You know, everyone wants to talk about this iron pipeline, but it's not actually a pipeline. And I say this all the time because I'm trying to educate everyone on the difficulties of doing trafficking investigations to stop the flow of guns to the streets. But it's more aligned to uh, an unknown number of garden hoses that are all on a slow trickle. You know, so there's three guns here, five guns there. That's occurring uh, thousands upon thousands of times a day across this entire nation. So what we have to do as law enforcement, because we can't attack the volume of guns that are out there, we have to focus our limited resources uh, to be more effective at addressing the drivers of violent crime in our communities. So one of the big key things that I've been doing here in New York is working with our partners to optimize all of our skill sets and our data sets to hopefully identify that small percentage of the criminal population that's driving violent crime in our uh, communities and figuring out how those individuals required those guns. Uh, because, I, uh, you know, if it was a pipeline, it'd be much easier to identify, but unfortunately it isn't. So we have to utilize all of our tool sets to uh, be better at our job every single day. Agent, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. What are your thoughts if the Supreme Court of the United States finds that the, the so-called Sullivan law here in New York is unconstitutional violation of the Second Amendment. What's the impact for you? Well, explain what the Sullivan Law is for people that might it's, not know, Judge. It deals with the ability that the registration rules with respect to who can carry and where there can be a concealed uh, weapon. Well, what's what's going to happen if it, that's set aside? Well, I, I try not to ever theorize or speculate on uh, what uh, the changes in the law are going to do, sir. Uh, bottom line is we have more lawful carriers of firearms out there. I mean, there's uh, one side of the fence that says that a armed society is going to be a safer society, uh, and then that you know the complete opposite on the other side of the fence. So we, we really just don't know what's going to happen yet. There are several states around the country that already have uh, similar st- uh, statutes that allow the open carry. Uh, of course, I think violent gun crime comes more down to population density than it does anything, and uh, it's going to be kind of a um, a waiting game to see what we can, what we're going to have to do to address this if it is eventually passed. John, I want to understand something. I think I heard you say. Did you say there's 18 to 20 million guns a year put into circulation in the United States? That's a guesstimate. Bottom line is, uh, gun manufacturers in this country and importers have to uh, provide data to us uh, as ATF because we regulate the industry on how many guns are manufactured or imported in every single year. 
that number has grown uh, statistically, uh, you know, uh, over the past uh, 20 to 30 years. I think uh, in uh, 2021, it was 18.5 million that were manufactured and ultimately put on the street, uh, not when it's put available for sale or uh, export in this country. So we have a surplus of weapons that are already available. And the average time to crime in New York is about four or five years above the national average. So bottom line is we already have a plethora of firearms that are already on the streets. And what's our ability to track that? What's our ability to to track from legal gun owners? If if I legally purchase a firearm, um, Mm -hmm. you have the ability to know that, you know, for the next 20, 30 years, if it turns up somewhere else, you knew that I'm the person that purchased it, correct? Well, sir, you referred to the national tracing uh, process, and uh, it comes to one of my big dilemmas that I face on a daily basis. Uh, When I got here in uh, 2019, we were not tracing firearms consistently uh, statewide here in New York. We just recently passed the collective data sharing agreement under Governor Hochul to uh, make uh, the sharing of trace data available to all law enforcement. Bottom line is about 50% of the law enforcement uh, agencies in this country do not trace their crime guns. And I use this simple analogy when I'm trying to explain uh, to my law enforcement partners what ATF does and how we can benefit their violent crime reduction strategies. The tracing process tells you where that gun was born and where it died. First initial purchase to where it's recovered in a crime. Very important uh, facts for any investigator trying to link that gun to a violent crime. The National Integrated Ballistic Information Network tells you how that gun's lived its life of crime. These are two tool sets that, unless they're optimized, they're literally like you're leaving evidence on the ground, for lack of a better term. John, this is former uh, so Congressman. Have, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, sir. So do we need to do a better job? Absolutely. We've got to do a better job in this country to unify and set up effective processes and optimize all of our processes to ensure any time a gun is recovered, we know where that gun was born and where it died. Is it always going to end up uh, telling us and solving the case? It may not, but it's going to give us a clue, and it's going to give us a door to knock on at least. Thank you. Yeah, yeah John, this is Pete King. Just make uh, uh, one final statement here. I was actually at a uh, memorial service last week for John Capano, one of your heroic agents who was uh, killed in the line of duty. And it was, again, very, you know, very moving, great guy. My wife actually taught him in school. But what is the level of cooperation between the ATF, let's say the state police, local police, uh, NYPD, yeah, how is that level of cooperation and with the DEA, all, all of the federal, state, and local uh, law enforcement agencies? Well, I'll speak just to here in New York State. I will tell you, since I got here in 2019, we've built one of the most progressive leadership teams uh, that I've ever seen in my long career with ATF. Uh, we work uh, consistently with uh, NYPD, FBI, DEA, HSI, and uh, Kevin Brewer from the state police is one of my most uh, – adamant partners, we are all trying to work better together because at the end of the day, that's what's going to be the solution for us to be better at our jobs is by sharing information consistently across the board. One of the key things that I'm trying to promote here in uh, New York State is, you know, we have a unified strategy to address the global threat of terrorism in this country. It's called the Joint Terrorism Task Force that the FBI runs, and they do a phenomenal job of bringing partners to the table and working together to address that threat. I think most Americans would be very surprised to learn that we do not have a, a similar institution to address gun violence. Well, thank uh, you. Gun violence oh. is treated. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just. Uh, I know there. The control room is waving at me. I just wanted you to finish your point. 
Bottom line is uh, we've all got to work together to do a better job of addressing the gun violence that's plaguing our streets on a daily basis. We fail every day, but we have to get up and develop more innovative ideas to be better at mitigating the risk it poses to the public. And that's what I do every single day. And we thank you so much for all the hard work that you and your fellow agents do every single day keeping our streets safe. Thank you so much, Special Agent in Charge, John DeVito. Thank you so much of the ATF. Thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am.